So I'm titled, I've titled my message is uh, the rewarded, uh, rewarded life, the rewarded life. And, um, you know, we all want rewards and um, uh, we all want uh, a, a, a rewarded life. In the end, we want to make sure that we made the most of our lives and have a rewarded life. But for Christ followers, a rewarded life comes from seeking God. Uh, you talk to any athlete, uh, they enjoy the reward, but it comes with great discipline and a great sacrifice and a great um, uh, 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 um, uh, hard work. And you talk to academics and they'll say the same. I think any young student uh, who's just finished his exam and passed, uh, her, her exam and passed, there's a great sense of reward because they've put it in the hard yards to, to do what they could do in order to, to gain their um, qualifications. And, uh, but even in the Bible, if you come to Bible, the rewards in the Bible are not temporary. They're not just for a season or uh, for a limited time, but the, the, the reward um, are, are for eternity, they're for eternal. And, uh, and are we talking about the life of God? Now, there are so many rich things in the Word of God. There are so many rich things that the Heavenly Father wants to offer us. But it doesn't just come to us um, uh, naturally, but Jesus, God, expects us to seek Him. Amen. He wants us to seek Him. Because, you see, success, wealth, they are good. But they can't bring in the ultimate or, or true joy and peace. Um, and the reward uh, of the ultimate true joy and peace comes from seeking God and, uh, and allowing Him to nourish our spirit and to lead us and guide us. Amen. And in Hebrews, um, I'm just throwing some scriptures today uh, for you before I get into my main text. But in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Amen. Uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek uh, God first. Above everything else, seek God first. Matthew 7.7 7 says, um, Seek and you will find. And in uh, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse, 20, uh, verse 3 says, You will keep Him in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Amen. So, see, we, we want peace. We want fullness in life. We want uh, this joy. We want the reward in life uh, and the eternal joy and peace and reward. But that comes from seeking God, having a desire, having a passion, having a hunger, having that uh, a longing to seek God. And then when we do that, that's where we find the, 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 the reward for our lives. And so, um, you know, you look in the Bible and you look this constantly how men and women of God who sought God found God. And those that didn't seek God, they missed out on God. So my encouragement to us in this uh, environment, in this season that we are in, that we've got a bit of extra time. I know we all have a bit of extra time. We're doing things that we don't normally do. Perhaps it's going for that extra bit of a run, extra bit of bike, um, 
biking or extra bit of baking or cleaning or painting, whatever you are doing or maybe sleeping and resting, but you got that extra time, which is these are all things, all these things are good and they're wonderful, but I want to encourage you, please take that extra time that you've been blessed with right now, that you take the time intentionally to see God. Hallelujah. To seek Him and spend time in Him and get to know Him away from all the distractions. All right? Cool. So we, we understand, you see, Christianity is founded on struggle and pain. Uh, it's founded on faith and trust. We see even the Lord Jesus Christ. He struggled and He went through pain. He went through betrayal. He went through hardship. And, and, and so it's for a Christian uh, who follows Jesus Christ, it's inevitable to go through hard times. It's inevitable to have struggles. It's inevitable to be uh, uh, tested. But in that, that, the Bible teaches us that in our tough times, in our difficulties, we have a heavenly Father who never leaves us nor forsakes us. Amen. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And so it's part of part and parcel of a Christian life that um, uh, the joy comes and that peace comes not uh, without pain and suffering, but enduring pain and suffering and that faith and trust that we find that peace in God. Amen. Cool. So we're going to study this morning, uh, not just read, but study uh, uh, Psalm 27. And uh, I love Psalms. The book of Psalms, I love it. I often read it. Uh, often you find Psalms, they are of praise, they are of worship, they are of declaration, they are of lamentation. That means a lot of crying going on, a lot of celebration going on. Psalms are really, uh, it's a, a poetic book, it's poetry in the Bible. And uh, there's beautiful poems, there's beautiful uh, words that express who God is in the midst of real issues. And Psalm 27, uh, this morning we want to dwell in Psalm 27 and the context of Psalm 27 before I jump into it is uh, uh, the scholars believe that this psalm was written by King David and he wrote this uh, when he was in exile uh, with King Saul, his father-in-law, um, in uh, hard pursuit to kill David. Now Saul was after David because Saul had this insecurity in him and he wanted to see David uh, completely out of the picture. And so Saul is after David and David is on the run. And uh, others think that uh, David penned this psalm uh, when um, his, uh, he was fleeing from his violently rebellious son Absalom. And um, so that's the context there. He's on the run. He's troubled. And David is troubled right now when he penned this psalm. And even in this trouble, even in this time of difficulty, uh, as David pens this psalm, he's, he's expressing his, um, his confidence in the Lord. And uh, how God is going to guide him and how God is going to deliver him. But he also, it's quite interesting, he also, David, not only demonstrates his, his love and his confidence in God, but he also demonstrates a real a realness about him, the, the, the human side of him. That he's saying, God, I'm also a bit worried and fearful. 
And uh, so he's pleading with God that in the midst of his circumstances that he is showing or expressing his confidence in a God who never changes. Amen. So there are three parts to Psalm 27. There are three parts to this Psalm. And uh, the first part is uh, where David's confidence, confidence is in God. And uh, the second part is David's humanity kicks in. David's anxiety kicks in. David's worries kick in and he starts praying. And then the third part of this psalm is David, is, is, is his expectation, his exhortation. And he's saying, look, let us wait on God. So we're going to break open this and look at it verse by verse this morning. And I hope and pray that you will be encouraged because I tell you, the Bible is living a word of God. It's not a storybook. Yes, there are stories, but it's a living word of God. And he is here this morning to nourish to, and to, 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 to strengthen our spirits. Amen. So let's look into it. So in Psalm chapter 27 verse 1 this is David declaring he says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is my strength of my, of my life of whom shall I be afraid he's saying the Lord is my light and my salvation do you know what in the midst of his fear and his anxiety which is pretty dark but he's saying, in my darkness, in my dark moments, in my anxieties and fears, the Lord is my light. Amen. And he is my salvation. And I've got to encourage us today that can we declare the same, saying, God, in the midst of my darkness, in my mind, in the midst of what we're surrounded, God, you are the light. Can you shine your light? Because as we know, you know, when it's dark in a room, you can't find where things are at. What you need is a light. When you go and turn that switch on, the light, it, it illuminates the room and you can see where things are at. And often when, when we're in the dark place, our mind starts playing up. Our mind starts uh, putting worry and fear and uh, things like we can't do this or things like we are unwanted or things that, uh, that creates uh, a great sense of doubt, a great sense of fear, a great sense of anxiety. So David, if we can do what David is doing here and have the discipline to say and declare, the Lord is my light. Amen. Shine your light, O God. You know, in the Hebrew culture, uh, they understood God to be the light. And so David is using the terminology that light is life. Light is where you find life. And so he's saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What he's saying is, because I'm trusting in God, he is my light and my salvation. And the Lord is my strength. So if God is my strength and he is my light, I am not afraid of man. I am not afraid of circumstances that I am surrounded by. And that's what David is declaring here. And I hope we can do the same too. And, um, and he continues to say, and that's why I called it David's declaration. And, um, and, and he's declaring that God is his strength. 
In Nehemiah chapter 8, we read Ezra uh, commands uh, the Jewish people to stop mourning, to stop uh, crying. And he goes, go home, stop crying, go home and celebrate Jesus Christ or celebrate God. Celebrate. And he said, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Amen. And I hope and pray that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And you can declare, just like David declared, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. He is my strength. Whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Let's look at verse 2 and 3. He says, When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. So David is giving reasons of his confidence. David is giving reasons of his declaration. He's not just saying words, pretty words, and not mean it. David is saying some amazing words and declaring and magnifying God, but he's giving reasons as to why. And he says, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. And that's quite a, quite a, uh, um, a word that creates that picture that the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh. Do you know what? Sometimes even for us, um, uh, in, in our context today, that we may feel like when you're worried, you feel like it's something is eating, up on you on, uh, eating you up on the inside. It's like you feel like you're just depleting, you're constantly depleting. And you feel like no matter what I do, I'm depleting life, I'm depleting everything I've got. And, and, and that's the sense of what David is saying because he understood what it was to have people come after him again and again and again. And he said, even my enemies and foes, they stumble and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. You know what? If I take the text in this text here, for David, it was a literal war. It was a literal fight. I mean, he had his own father-in-law coming after him to take his life, literally. But for us today, if you really watch the news and the terminology is changing, the terminology with this virus, they're saying that it's an unseen enemy. He's an unseen, or this virus is an unseen enemy. We are at war with this virus. And uh, we see our Prime Minister mentioning, she keeps saying, uh, the team of 5 million people. She's saying it's not just the government. We all need to fight this together by staying at home in lockdown. So there's a war for us when you go out. If someone's sneezing or walking past, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, ooh, what if they have a virus? I don't want to live in fear, but it doesn't stop me from thinking about, ooh, what if they have virus? So, so, you know, we're living in this war, but let's take courage uh, from what David's saying. He said, in this I will be confident. Amen. We're not to be worried. We've got to be confident. Our confidence doesn't come from natural circumstances. Our confidence comes from trusting Jesus Christ. Amen. So those were, the da those were David's reasons for confidence. And in Psalm chapter uh, 27, verse 4, he says, one thing I desire of the Lord that I will seek, 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amen. One thing I desire is to see God. That's David's desire. David's desire is to see God. In the midst of his confusion and panic and running around, he's seeking, he's saying, one thing I purpose. One thing I purpose is to see God. You know, if somebody's after me, literally, with a knife, I'm not going to stand there and say, one thing I desire is see God. No, one thing I'll desire is having cops around me, can protect me. And we know that David's son, Solomon, when God asked Solomon, what do you want? What is the one thing that you want? And uh, Solomon got granted that and God gave him wisdom because that's what Solomon asked. And David's saying, one thing I desire, not riches, not great army, not great protection, not a, 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 a you know, mighty sword or a nice big gun. I think a big gun would have been better for David back then. But it's actually saying one thing I desire is to dwell in the presence of God. One thing I desire is to be in His presence. I want to encourage you. Can we desire that? Can we desire and say that God, one thing I desire in the midst of all this noise, in the midst of all this news we're hearing, one thing my heart longs for, one thing I desire is to be in the presence of God. Because in His presence, the Bible teaches, there is fullness of joy. Amen. Can we declare that? That's what David's desiring. What are you desiring? What are you desiring in God this morning? Amen. Verse 5 says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifice of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. What a cool verse. This is David's praise to God. And he's saying that the Lord will hide me. And I've called it David's dugout. You know, we all need to hide somewhere. Right now we're all hiding in our houses. You know, we are uh, having a lockdown and hiding in our houses. But he's saying, as I hide myself in God. Psalm 91 verse 1 and 2 says that I hide myself in the secret place of God. And there I find my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Amen. And David is saying, as I hide myself in God. And in verse 5 he says, he shall set me high upon a rock. See, our humility, our authority is not... In, um, uh, uh, in titles, our authority is not in uh, uh, what we have. Our authority comes from humility. As you humble yourself, God lifts you up. The Bible says in the book of James, he says, Humble thyself in the Lord and he shall lift you up. And David's hiding, making God his fortress. Amen. So hide in him and allow God to lift you up and lift your head up high around your enemies. Amen. And so that you can celebrate and give praise and worship and sing to God. I want to encourage you during this time, sing praises to God. If you are a songwriter, pick a pen, go on your keyboard, pick your guitar and start asking God, say, God, Give me a song. Sing a new song to God. Amen. Write a new song, all the creative people. Write a new 
a song, write a poem, write something that, that's enabling you to grow in God. Amen. Cool. So, my power is not in my authority, but my power is in my humility. Amen. All right, verse 7. Now, verse 7 uh, to 11 is about David starts praying. From verse 1 to verse 6 is about David declare, declaring who God is and his confidence in God. Then all of a sudden, David comes to um, uh, the cry of his heart and is praying. And you can see that the humanity, the, the, the natural side of David and how he's involving the spiritual, the supernatural. We have a natural life, but we are called to live a supernatural life. And so David starts praying straight away. He goes, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. He's crying out. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Isn't that good? God said to David knows the secret here. David knows that God has commanded him to seek him. And David's saying, because you've called me to seek you, Lord, here I am seeking you right now. Here I am positioning myself, taking time off, taking my time away from distraction, from news, from worry and fear. And I position myself to seek my God. So speak to me, God, because I need you right now. Yes, I'm afraid. Yes, I'm anxious. I know you're an awesome God. I know you're a mighty God. I know you can perform miracles. My faith is not in miracles. My faith is in the miracle worker or the miracle maker. Amen. A lot of people put faith in miracles. There are miracles. It builds their faith. Don't ever put your faith in miracles. Because one miracle may happen and the other one might not happen. That means you have faith now, then you might, have faith, you might not have faith later. Our faith should not be in miracles. Our faith should be in the miracle worker. Amen. Amen. So, so I want to encourage you. So David is saying, now Lord, you've commanded me to seek you. I seek you. I'm ready to seek you. And verse 9, he says, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You've been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. O God of my salvation. He's crying out saying, don't leave me, please. Don't leave me. And let me tell you, the Bible is so clear that, that uh, it says, even a nursing mother may neglect her child. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God does not abandon his children you may feel that God has abandoned you. You may feel, no, God does not abandon us. As you seek Him and as you make Him God of your salvation, you will see Him with you right there in the midst of your struggle. Verse 10, He says, When my father and my mother forsake me, the, then the Lord will take care of me. Verse 11, Teach me your ways. Amen. He's saying, when my mother and father have forsaken me, you will not forsake me, Lord. You will take care of me. And he says, teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. He's saying, teach me your ways. Isn't that good to say, God, teach me your ways? I don't want to come up with my own ways. There's a saying a lot of people use, it's better uh, to be sorry than to regret. But I'm saying, no. You've got to seek God first. Go seek His ways. Seek Him first. He is ready to reveal His plans to you. The Bible talks a lot about seeking God and how as you seek Him, you will find Him. So seek Him for His ways, His guidance, His direction, so that you may not 
uh, 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 miss out on what God is doing in your life. Verse 12, he says, do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have arisen against me and such as, uh, as breathe out of uh, out violence. Um, and so he's saying, don't uh, deliver me in the hands of my enemies. And so he's crying out. So we can see here the mighty King David. King David, who had everything um, uh, that God has intended for him, yet he missed the mark time to time. And we looked at David, and David, even though he had the power, not when he was writing this psalm, but when he became a king, he had the power to command armies to go and take other nations. He had, the, he had the power to call someone and he comes. He had the power to ask someone to do something and he did. Yet uh, this great powerful man, the second king of Israel, still needed Jesus, God in his life. Amen. It does not matter how strong and powerful you are, my friend. You and I, we all need Jesus. We all need him in our lives. All right, now it's um, David's prayer in Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. These are um, two verses and the last two verses of this chapter. And we look at it here, he says uh, in verse 13. So before we jump in there, we see from verse 1 to 6, David is declaring you goddess. And from verse 7 to 12, David is crying out to God and saying, God, I need you. I know you're awesome, but I need you. I'm a bit worried. I need you. Then he goes on to Psalm 30, verse 13 and uh, verse 14. It's David is exhorting, he's expecting, there's an exhortation. And he said, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart unless I believed. That's a powerful confession. I would have lost heart unless I believed. My question is, my friends, if you believe the news that you're hearing, if you believe what's happening around us, if you believe that, then you will lose heart. You will lose your focus. You will be distracted. You will be, your faith will be um, eroded. Your faith will be attacked by the devil. And so, um, and so I want to encourage you to not to lose heart. I think in um, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, stand firm and don't lose heart. And in Joshua chapter 1 and 8 and 3, uh, uh, sorry, 8 and 9, he says, Be bold, be courageous, for the Lord thy God is with you. Amen. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Hold on to the promises of God. Hallelujah. You know, we will pass through this. We will. Yes, but the Bible never promises us that our Christian walk will be pain-free. Pain our Christian walk will be um, test-free. Our Christian walk will be uh, without struggles. No, in the midst of all this, we are not to lose heart. I think of uh, Galatians 6, uh, 9. He says, don't lose heart in doing good. Or don't get tired and weary in doing good. I want to encourage you, if you're praying and you're praying for 20 years and you haven't seen what you've been praying for, don't lose heart. 
If you've been crying out to God for healing and you haven't seen healing, don't lose heart. If you're crying out for a change and a salvation over your children, don't lose heart. If you want to see your business uh, turn around and to thrive, don't lose heart. And if you can't see a, a, a change and a breakthrough in your life and you keep going back to the same problem, don't lose heart. If you see that your relationships, no matter what you do and you invest your time to make your relationships matter, but somehow people continue to misunderstand you, don't lose heart. Trust in God. And David said, I would have lost heart unless I, be I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Look for the goodness of God. Look for goodness of God. Discipline your thinking to look for the goodness of God. What are some good things? Last week I talked about let's be thankful. I don't know what are you thankful for, but I, want, I hope and pray that you'll start writing down what you're thankful for. And this week, I want you to actually, uh, once I finish this, I want you this week, there are 14 verses. Take two verses at a time and do some Bible study. Seven days, two verses, do some Bible study and ask God to teach you more than what I've just spoken right now. Ask God to teach you with that and so that you don't lose heart but you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Where you are right now, right now I hope and pray that you will see the goodness of God. Amen. I love this in last verse. He says, verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of what? If you have your Bibles or your app, it says, or you can see it on the screen, wait on the Lord and he says, be of good courage. Be of good courage. Waiting on God brings courage. Waiting on God renews your mind. Waiting on God renews your spirit. Waiting on God renews your thinking. Waiting on God renews your, um, uh, 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 how you uh, see yourself and perceive yourself. And he shall, hallelujah, he shall strengthen your heart. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. So he's saying, I want, these two verses are so good. They are better than a yummy steak. I tell you, you can, I could talk forever on this to myself and to you, but I don't want to do this this morning. But I just pray and I hope, I hope, I hope and pray, this is my desire, and I'm praying that that us, people who know Jesus, we are not despondent. We don't live in discouragement. Yes, discouragement will come. Yes, we will be attacked by fear, but we don't uh, be, be succumbed or, victim or victimized by fear and that. But we learn to wait on God and not lose heart. And he says that, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Amen. That's David's exhortation. And I pray and I ask you this morning that you will wait on God. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions as I close. Is God truly the light of your life? Is he the light of your life? Is he your deliverer? Is he your strength? Is he your fortress? Is he the one that you run to? Let us uh, uh, strive or work hard to be, uh, uh, be diligent to seek his face. Amen. So is God the light of your life? And my other question to you, 
is, how is your heart? Are you losing heart or are you finding courage in God? I hope and pray that you will read this psalm and take more time and, and just break it into pieces and do study on this chapter. And I pray that this will encourage you this morning. Amen. So it's been my privilege to just to bring you this scripture this morning. And uh, this chapter before you this morning and break it open and for us to study verse by verse. And we look at David, he was a human being, he's just another man just like you and I. And yet we can see in the midst of his fear, in the midst of what his struggles were, real struggles, he somehow find, found himself to trust God and to seek his face. Amen. So my hope and prayer this morning, my friends, is that you will, in the midst of your fear, in the midst of whatever you're going through, disappointments perhaps, God will help you. Amen. So this morning, as I close, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that God will open His Word. Amen. God will enlighten His Word in your heart. That as you open it, He will open His Word. That means the Word becomes flesh. It becomes real to you. And that He will strengthen your heart. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You for Your Word. Your Word brings life. Your Word brings joy. Your Word brings hope. Your Word brings courage. Teach us to seek You. Like David did. David was physically surrounded by enemies adversaries yet he desired one thing that is to dwell in the house of the Lord to be in the place where he can find you for us Lord today one thing we desire is to position ourselves in the presence of God and also to surround ourselves with people of God on zoom or phone calls or texts but we uh, we surround ourselves by people who love God, who will encourage us. I pray your blessings upon Expression Church and anyone and everyone that's watching. And I pray that we will know what it is to find God in the midst of our circumstances. And Lord, we live a life rewarded, a rewarded life because we seek you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.